What if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? I had the pleasure of two of my favorite people. I drove all the way from South Florida to the middle of nowhere, Central Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. But before before I go into what, what we did and all that, introduce yourselves, both of you. You want to go first? You go. Uh, so I'm Raphael. I'm the coach mm-hmm. in our in our duo of Lais and the coach. Uh, I've been a coach for 26 years, and I do nutrition coaching, contest prep. Uh, lifestyle, wellness, coaching, uh, have, if it has anything to do with being better overall, then, then I kind of coach around it. <laughs> Good. I like that. I'm Laís from Laís and the Coach. I am his wife. Uh, we coach people together. I am a bikini competitor for the WBFF. I'm also a posing coach. And um, along with him, we take people to the stage and do the contest prep stuff together. I'm also a mom, and yeah, I think that's it. That's more than enough. The one thing that that I love about you guys is, I mean, you live it. I mean, you've you've gone through some tremendous stuff. The first thing that you guys did as a business is you didn't have Corona stop you. I mean, everybody uses Corona as an excuse. But well, yeah. you know what's funny is like. Since since we've started, there have been so many obstacles that were bigger than Corona mm-hmm. um, that I think that that set us up to not let something like that interrupt us. You know, we were we we are always ready to pivot when needed, and the unknown of whatever whatever government law was coming our way, like like in in our case, we had to shut down our gym. We had a gym at the time, uh, just made us pivot in a different direction. And as a result of the virus, uh, we ended up having our best year ever uh, with our gym closed for more than half the year because we took advantage of the situation and just found another way to keep moving forward. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that that's partly due to just the way that we are, uh, but partly due to all the other circumstances that we've had to overcome. So well, I think like you said too, because we've been through other harder things, we had like a different level of perspective. And when you have that kind of level of perspective, it kind of forces you to pivot because you're like, okay, well, you know, we've overcome this and this and that. So like, okay, this is just the next thing. And what do we do from here? And how do we do it? And you figure it out as you go, as long as that's the ultimate goal to get through it, you know? What, what I, I find, the, I, I mean, there's a trend here. Successful people always find a way. Now, if you're going to play a victim, I mean, it's not just Corona, just anything else. Anything. Anything. I mean, most business owners that did go under and all that, to me, it just amplified the process because business was slow. Well, business just tanked and all that. And there's and it's not just gyms and all that because there's some gyms that are thriving. And you right. guys were trainers. And, you know, you pivoted. You guys could have stayed... In South Florida, and been like, "Hey, you know what? It is what it is. It's all luck." Yeah. Well, the funny part is that because there wasn't a timeline, 
right? Like when, when everything right, closed. Right, everyone said 14 days, but that's not what happened. When everything closed, they said, all right, 14 days. And in my mind, I was like, 14 days? Like That's never going to work. I'm like, they're not going to keep people locked up for 14 days. No one's going to tolerate that. And uh, we utilized those days. And every day while we were out walking, we would have a new conversation. Yeah. The first one was, I think I'm just going to buy a property and have my gym on my property so that no I don't have to worry about to anybody telling me what to do and when to do it. Um, like a home property where but we it was have like a barn or every, something. Every talk was about how to become more autonomous, like not be subject to somebody else dictating whether or not we could do what we wanted to do. Uh, because ultimately what our goal was and still is, is to have the life that we wanted on our terms, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to do what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it, how we wanted to do it. And when this, when this happened, it highlighted how it was not totally in our control. Yes, we had a gym. Yes, we owned our business, but there were other people that were going to be able to dictate when we could do that and how if we, we could, could do, do that. Yeah. And that all that did was shine a light on the fact that we weren't really independent. We were, you know, we had a business inside of the system, but that's not really what we wanted. And I don't think that if Corona hadn't happened, that we would have realized that. Yeah, for sure. Because the gym 100%. wasn't doing bad and we were, we had things in place to make it grow. Um, but ultimately, if this hadn't happened, we wouldn't be where we are. Yeah. But I think a lot of it, comfort kills us because we're like, we love the salary. We love where we're at. We're, there, there's no growth. It's like either that inspiration or desperation. And when you feel like your back's up against the wall or you're freaking drowning, I mean, that's when you're like, you need that, you need that success. You need that win, like your next breath. I mean, and you guys did that because overall, I, I still see people like, you know, doing the Groupon or their, their gyms keep on declining their membership and all that because they still think, 15 days is what we're, we're going on almost year two now. Yeah. I mean, no. I'm bad at math. That's and, insane. You know, it's like the government and everybody's trying to dictate, okay, well, you know, we might close, we might not close, mask on, mask off. And that, that just shows you that, yeah, you, we all have this false sense of illusion that, you know, maybe the job, we, we have complete control of our job because we're doing a great job or the owner. But there's so much, you have your municipalities, you have this you you have landlords you have i didn't know anything about government until this happened yeah in terms of how divided it all is because you were you would watch the news and you would see our county mayor say one thing and then at the local level you had the other mayor saying something completely different and then the governor and then you have the governor saying one thing and then the president saying another thing but then you realize that at the the local level it's whoever your city manager is who's dictating what goes on because i like like for where we were right uh you would the county mayor would say restaurants can't be open uh and then so people would sit outside but then you would have the county mayor say, if I catch you doing this, then I'll have the police ticket you. But then at the local level, the local mayor would say, well, I'm in charge of the police and I'm going to tell the police not to do that. So the law is the law. But at this level, we're not going to enforce the law. So then as a citizen, you're like, well, who's making the rules? Yeah. Well, I, I realized that my kids are in travel soccer and you're all uh, neck of the woods, Miami Lakes. And OK, we always had to go outside Dayton Broward masked up, two, three masks, 
like a haunted house. You have to go one way in the grocery store. Right. So like, yeah. like Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was a funny thing. Like no one thought that that would work. But at Ikea, it's not a problem. You walk yeah. in, there's an arrow. Yeah. No one questions it. Right. But the second it happened at Publix, it was like, wait a minute, not here. Yeah. But, but the best part, though, is like once you got out of Dade and Broward, it, it was like zero mass. You could like actually live your life. Yep. That's one of the reasons we moved up here. Right. <laughs> and believe it or not, now, you know, the Delta variant or whatever variant, everything else, now it's like, oh, well, it looks like, you know, once again, Dade and Broward, like, oh, masked up, vaccinated. Unvaccinated. I mean, there's no, there's no insight. But I mean, that that's why I mean, I tip my hat off to you guys, and I, I love to follow you guys, just because. I mean, you have always pivoted, no matter what. No matter what. But yeah. from day one, I can tell you, like when when I quit my job, uh, I at the time I was running, I was running a chain of health clubs in Palm Beach County. I had like six world gyms, and I was training people at a at a private gym in Miami. So I would do that in the morning and then I would drive to Palm Beach County where I was overseeing six other gyms and I'm making money for all these people. And the response to that was, I'm sure we could do better. Right. And on the side, I was working on my stuff, right? I'm giving them my day and I was giving myself an hour or two, which is what I'm like, all right. So if I could train six people at one, this is 20 years ago. So if I could train six people in an hour, you know, they don't have to pay as much as the one, but I can make more in that time. Great. So I'll give myself an hour. I'll train a bunch of people. And all of a sudden that didn't work for anybody. Right. So I said, you know what? To hell with all of you. I'll go out and I'll do my own thing. And at the time, uh, I was running ads on Craigslist before it was what it is now. Craigslist was very safe back then. You know? <laughs> Not um, a place to find shit. No, you know, you could run a legitimate business. Uh, but I filled 20 people into a boot camp uh, at six in the morning in Brickell through Craigslist. I'm like, this is freaking great. $20 a pop. I'm making, you know, 400 bucks in an hour. And the gym's like trying to like nickel and dime me. I'm like, forget you. The second that I did that, the, the very next day, half those people quit. So now I've quit both my jobs. And I, at the time, I'm, you know, my daughter was two. So, so I could either... Put my leg, you know, tail between my legs and, and beg for my job back, find another job where I could say, no, I'm going to double down on me. And that's exactly what I did. And, and I sucked it up for a few months until it took off again. And then every, every obstacle allowed me to pivot in a different direction. And along the way, you grow, you shrink, you grow, you shrink. But never once did I say I wasn't going to bet on me. And I think that the challenge with most people is that they don't have enough faith and confidence in themselves to move forward with whatever decision they want to make. Because ultimately, whether I decided to pursue my own thing or go back to, to a job, it still would have been my decision. And whatever, I, if I was content with it or happy with it, it was on me. But on me, I wanted to do my thing, right? I was done. And I just kept pushing forward. And not one day did I say, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, it was more, all right, it's going to take a little longer than I thought, but never, I don't think this is going to work because I knew what I was bringing to the table. There was always enough confidence and faith in my ability to deliver, to figure it out. And I just kept chucking, you know, yeah. and, and I think that confidence is so important. Like if you think about it, anybody, like you can honestly say like, I have always figured it out. Like we have all always figured it out, you know? And sometimes 
life throws us different things, but everything has been an opportunity. Like everything has set us up for the next thing. Everything has happened for us. You know, it's like, and look, it's easy to say that when you look back, you know, because everything leads you where you're going, but you have to approach it in that way. You have to approach it like you want it to lead you somewhere. And you have to put in that kind of faith in yourself and bet on yourself and, and put in that kind of work to go and use it instead of, like you said, become a victim of it and let it like shrink you. Well, I mean, I, I had the question asked like an hour ago, why not stay in journalism? And my answer was, well, I was working six, for $16,000. And this was in 1950. This was like in the 90s, like... 1996, 97, and $16,000 below minimum wage because it was an, a salary. And the owners of the TV station would buy the family brand new boxers and all that. But then when it came, and I was busting my ass, and like to review for a big whopping like $1,000 raise, which 16 to 17 is right. It's Jack Chin. Like, oh, we don't have money in the budget. It's like money in the budget and all that. And then the biggest thing was, I'm like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be a journalist. Anymore. Right. Because I went to school for that, plain and simple. And my mom saw that as like, oh, my God, what can you? But, you know, my mom was set in her ways that you stay miserable and you stay working 30, 40, 50 years for the same company. And to me, it was like, you know, I had faith. I had confidence in myself. Now, did I go become an entrepreneur after that? No, I wanted to, I became a financial advisor, but it was the same thing. Numbers, numbers. It was always like, you're killing yourself for other people and they don't appreciate you. Like at the end of the day, if you drop dead, they might send a uh, freaking flower or something to your family right. and all that, but life goes on. So to me, I mean, it's like what you said, if you're going to bust ass, have the confidence, have the faith in yourself. Now, and... This is, I've always wanted to ask, have you always wanted to be uh, in, the, in the world of fitness? And you're, you're way immersed past the world of fitness. I mean, well. honestly, no. I, I kind of stumbled upon it with him. Uh, I grew up, you know, doing what kids do. I was in dance and ballet and, and I, was, I was active, but I had never really stepped foot in a gym uh, for anything other than maybe a treadmill, you know, like I would do the typical, like, Oh, I I've never really been overweight, but I didn't have like the body that I wanted in terms of curves and, and just the, the overall tone look that you always see, you know, girls on Instagram nowadays or girls on TV. So I wasn't unhappy with my body, but I wasn't happy with it, but it was never even a thought in my mind, like to go to the gym. Um, but when I met him, I actually met him in one of his classes. So I actually got a group on because at the time <laughs> 10 years ago, he was running that. And, um, I just was just like, I just want to do something different. Like I've been partying. I was in my early twenties and I was like, I've been partying so much. My body's starting to change in a way that I don't like. Let me go try this. Since I grew up dancing, like a, a workout, that's a group class. It's probably more up my alley than stepping into a gym. I don't know how to use these machines. I don't know what I'm doing. It's boring. Uh, I don't want to get big, you know, all the things that, that women think. So I was like, a class is going to be, if I do anything, a class is going to be the thing I do because that's what I grew up doing classes. Um, so I went to his class for like a month and I liked it, <laughs> but then we started dating and I would work out like off and on in the classes. Like I wasn't fully immersed. That's obviously not what I did for a living. Uh, I bartended for a really long time. I did event planning for a while after that. And I would just go to the classes sometimes, but not really 
that consistently. Um, it wasn't until we were talking about me getting pregnant that I started to take the workout a little bit more seriously because I really wanted to work out throughout my pregnancy for the health of the baby. And I really wanted to be able to bounce back once he was born. So it wasn't until like, I want to say six months before I we yeah. were talking about getting pregnant that I started actually working out. And I always like literally up until COVID happened, always did our classes, like at our gym, the group classes. I was not like a gym, gym person until, you know, until recently. But as far as, you know, stepping into this as a business for me, uh, I, I did, you know, event planning and weddings and, and production and all that stuff up until my son was born. And then at that point, like I didn't want to leave him and keep going to work. I wanted to be able to stay with him. So I was just a stay-at-home mom. I wasn't really involved in the business. I didn't do anything with this. Um, it wasn't until he got really sick when my son was until my husband got really sick when my son was six months old. That's when I was kind of forced to step into the business um, and kind of help out with some admin stuff. And and I was forced to make myself a part of it to kind of like you know we went through a really rough patch when he had his sickness. And financially and as a business, you know, there are lots of ups and downs. And that was a very low point for us. And for me, stepping up and being like, okay, like, what can I do to help? How can I help? I don't know anything about this. I work out, but that's about it. Um, and starting to compete was one of the ways that I decided to contribute. I was like, you know what? We're in a really bad place with our business. We lost so much of it because we were sick for so long. And we discussed that, you know, if I can get an amazing shape and show women that you can do it with flexibility and you can do it as a mom and I can look that way and I can achieve that, then maybe we can continue to grow our business the way that we want to. So I stepped into it kind of out of desperation and need uh, to contribute, but also I was in a place where I didn't like being a stay-at-home mom. So I didn't really know what I was going to do. So it was like, the perfect combination at the perfect time. It was like, I was in a bad place personally because I didn't have any goals or aspirations. I thought what I wanted was to be a stay at home mom. And I was found myself miserable in that role alone. I it felt empty for me. Um, so between that and the fact that we needed to do something, we, here we are, you know, that's how I stepped into that. And obviously the rest is history. It's, it's not only what I do, it's what I love. And, but it was, absolutely not what I used to do or what I even intended on doing. But if you look at it, you not only did you, you expand your vision, your imagination and all that, but because of all that, I mean, you inspire women because you're going up against women that have no kids that are younger, but that's, that shows you, but life isn't fair. It's not totally. like somebody's like, well, you know, you, you have a child, you, you've got this, you, you it's, it's, it is what it is. Yep. And that's what a lot of people, well, it, life, it, life isn't fair. Well, the number one thing is when you realize that nobody's going to give a shit if you're like, if you had totally. it, if you had it, but you guys overcame. And that's, that's something, I mean, I remember watching your videos and all that about all that, that you, I can't even still pronounce it. What, what, what is it that you have? <laughs> what did you have? So, so the, the original diagnosis is Guillain-Barre, right? Which is, uh, uh, a deterioration of your nervous system. Um, chronic inflammatory polyneuropathy is what it turned into because it kept repeating itself over and over. It became chronic. It became a chronic, a chronic version of that, which is very, very rare. Um, but I just don't like to do common things. So I'd rather, if I'm going to get <laughs> sick, I go all the way. That's the way to do it. Um, 
And, and honestly, like with no end in sight either, like that, that was probably one of the biggest things. Cause it wasn't one of these, you broke an arm. It's going to be six weeks of rehab. The bone will heal. You'll start some kind of physical therapy inside of or you need weeks. a surgery that requires right. X amount of recovery. It was zero answers and, and zero prognosis and zero outcome to be expected. It was just a lot of question marks. Um, and at the time, you know, like she said, she was a stay at home mom. You were running everything two by kids, yourself. You know, running this business, I'm responsible for not only my family, but my clients. It's like a lot, a lot of stress all of a sudden and without ironic. being able to give them or anybody else an answer as to how long this is going to take. And ironic that for a living, he needed to train people and he couldn't even get up. So it's like, it's not like now, I mean, God forbid, knock on wood, but it's not like now where everything we do is remote. Everything's on the phone. Everything is on the computer. This was a time where he needed to get up and go to the gym and drive to clients and go all over the place. And he didn't have a physical body to do that with, you know? But what was the prognosis and diagnosis? From so so in, in most cases, uh, if you get something like this, uh, it's a one-time occurrence. Like you get it once, uh, and it's basically an autoimmune thing, right? Your body is sending signals to your nervous system that something's attacking it. And that's why it happens. Um, and then you heal, uh, but your nervous system never heals fully. And you're supposed to recover over the rest of your life. Like you've got the rest of your life to recover from a full paralysis. Um, but no doctor actually really understands it. Because unless you've been in that, very you can read. It's all theoretical, right? And, and between the rarity and the diversity in, in the effects, no one had a concrete answer. So what we did is we started to talk to people that had actually gone through it. And one story was worse than the other, you know. And the only thing in common is that all of these people fell victim to this thing, right? They're like, this thing got me. And now, poor me. Poor me. Why me? I'm going to have to figure out how to live with this. And for me, it was like, yeah, I got it. But, you know, if I can keep moving forward, then at some point I will get better. Most of the doctors would say you are not going to be better or you are not going to be the same, which is pretty shitty to say to somebody in a bed. Right. Yeah. Like. If, if anything, like you should have a little compassion, be like, things are going to be great, you know, but not one time. Yeah, but with anybody... doctors, everything's a liability. So they don't even so, talk about anything. So luckily, you know, that went in one ear, not the other. Um, but there wasn't a timeline ever as to you'll be better in six months or you'll be better in a year. Because at least then I'm like, all right, a year, you know, I'll just keep working and inside of maybe I'll do it in nine. It was just an empty, let's see what happens. Right. And after I relapsed a few times, I was like, shit, is this going to be the thing now? Like, am I going to get a little bit better and then keep falling down every time? Um, but no one could actually articulate it. So I just took it back, back to the, the job thing, right? I took it in my own hands and I said, well, if the human body works this way and I little by little get better, if I can take a, 10 more steps every day, that would be something for me, right? Cause I would get really tired, you know? Um, if I took a thousand steps in a day, like I would be done. So I'll take a thousand ten tomorrow and I'll take 1100 if I can. And that became the gauge. And little by little, I got better and better and better and better. And every time I got better, I would push the envelope a little more. 
Now, when you had paralysis, though, was there ever a time that you were like, oh, shit, this is it. There's no more working out. There's no more strength training. This is a, this is a, a new me. Or were you- Honestly, no. Not once. His mind was so solid. Not one time. I could tell you I, I could tell you I was in the hospital bed in ICU, not able to lift anything. And I was like, this is gonna take me like three or four days. I'll get better. Like I was ne- like I I couldn't comprehend that I wouldn't get better. Like that would just Yeah, not, and he was saying he's like the body, you know, regenerates every I don't know how many days and your cells and this and that. And I'm like, I'm listening to him and I'm like, he sounds delusional. <laughs> like he sounds crazy. I hope he's right. But we function very differently. But if if it was me in that bed, I don't know. I know that I wouldn't be as solid. But like his mind you, was solid. And they move me into rehab and they tell me, so you're going to have to do physical therapy and occupational therapy twice a day. I'm like, well, what is that? I'm like, well, you're going to have to work out. I'm like, twice a day, work out, boom, two a days. What else? And I would be in the hospital and I would get up for everything. And there were other people with things that were far less severe than mine confined to a bed because they were tired that day. Yeah. And I would look at them and I'm like, what? like the nurses don't you want to like, get out of here? The like, nurses would be like, exactly. we love working with you because so many people refuse to get their therapy. And we're like, how can someone refuse? Like I wanted to get out. Like, it, like, like the prison sentence. Like, so whatever I could do to get out, I would do. Well, yeah. Because I mean, when you watch those videos and it's like, holy smokes from, I mean, it, I'm not saying you were like, a quadriplegic or a paraplegic, but it was, I mean, when, when you look at a video of you not being, having a walk with like those, like the crutches, walker, the walker and all that to somebody that looking at your videos. Now you lift heavy, you, you live a, now did, did they ever tell you, Hey, one day you can go back being a gym? No, that would never happen. No. If anything, they said that could never happen. Um, they said, if you ever recover in a way where you're pretty normal, you're never going to lift that heavy or work out that much. Like you will always be fatigued. Um, you will never you have will that kind of strength. You will always have some kind of consequence as a result of it. And I can tell you right now, my feet are numb. Yeah, his like, feet have been numb since like, like pins and needles numb. Like I could feel if something pinches it or if, if they're hot, but that pins, and which is what I felt at all times. That pins and needles is there. It's like they fell asleep um, at all times. That, that's the only thing that I ever kept. Um, from this, but again, it's probably something that somebody would use to, well, you know, I'm really not going to push too hard today because, and to me, it's like, all right, well, they're numb. Yeah. Oh, well. Still going to squat 750 right. like, pounds. I, shit. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a perfect example because I, I mean, I, I've got like a laundry list of injuries from working out, from snowboarding, from running marathons and like, okay, well it's dangerous and all that. And it's like, but how do you know this one to happen doing something else? Right. That's just an excuse. I mean, I've had a double hernia operation left and right. And it's like, do I want to live by living and pushing the envelope? Or we can all say, hey, you know what? I pulled the hamstring. I did this. I did that. That's just a person saying, like when they're trying to lose weight, you know, they they, they had this big goal of losing 50 pounds in like a week. And like, <laughs> I lost two pounds. This shit ain't for me. Right. Yeah. It's just like we're always looking for an excuse. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that of, that of all things, uh, especially with what I do, it, it definitely creates a lot a lot of perspective um, because I could say I've been at zero. You know, for for all the time that I've done what I do, like I started working out when I was a kid, right? So 
like that was my beginning. So I was a kid, I worked out and you just, you know, keep growing. But to, to interact with somebody who's never been to the gym before and be able to sympathize with them or, or, or relate like, yeah, I know what it's like to not be able to pick yourself up. I know what it's like to lose 50 pounds of, of, of uh, muscle and then gain 60 pounds of fat, you know, because you can't move. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you're going to throw at me, I can tell you firsthand, I know what it's like. And I know what it's like to start at zero and not be able to pick up a bottle of water and to now like whatever, whatever I can lift, right? Yeah, because I worked my ass off. So I can understand and I can tell you if you work your ass off, just like me, you will be able to move forward, you know, but you can't come at me and bullshit me with, well, you don't get it. Fuck yeah, I get it. You know, I get it more than you get it, (laughs) you know? So, so that, if anything, has given me a little bit of a superpower in the, you can't come with any excuse my way and, and, and not think that I'll get it. I can sympathize, right? We've all been through some shit. Great. You tell me your story. I'll tell you mine and, and, and we can compare, but doesn't mean you can't move forward. So, so we're either going to move forward together or, or you can sink in your story. But it's also funny though, like. I mean, I'm a client, but even if I, I just joined and I'm like, you know, this working out, I've got Don's, which is delayed onset muscle soreness. It hurts and all that. I, I mean, I couldn't tell tell you, I'm sure you hear it all the, all the time. I couldn't tell you that with a straight face. Oh, hey, you know, it hurts. But when you say, hey, I'll tell you my story, you tell me. That, that's, that's what everybody, that's, that's the pity party that every that the, a lot of people fall into. And, you know, I always say that, yeah. That's his story or her story. Mm-hmm. That shit, you sell it, man. You use it as rocket fuel, but don't live in it. I mean, I, exactly. I, you've never, you've never seen a video. You've never gone. Even you, you read. You guys read my book and never said, "Feel sorry for me." It's, I mean, there's shit out there. There's people worse off. Of but, course. But what's horrible is when somebody's like, "Oh well, I'm better off than the people in Somalia." Or, yeah. I'm just how is that a comparison? But you hear it all the time, right? All the time. Because that just gives you an excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm mediocre. I don't want to push the envelope. But I'm better than somebody ten thousand miles away. Well, okay, then fucking move over there and, <laughs> and compare yourself over there yeah. in those conditions and all that. But I, I always see people trying to give a pass to themselves, whether it hurts. Or this Re- is retard. This is, it's, yes. it's taking too long. It's taking too long because you know success. Success in anything sucks. I mean, there's no there's no elevator. I mean, I wish you guys can. You guys have had more down days than anybody, but I've never seen that. I've never anybody that's a success will use the story to sell something, right? Mm-hmm. But not to, for pity because right. everybody has a story. A hundred percent. We've all been through things. We all have a story. We all have peaks and valleys of, of our life, but like falling victim to anything never has ever pushed anybody forward in any way. But I think that a lot of times people do want you to join in on that. You know, like people tell him like, Oh, but I have a headache. He's like a headache. Like, and let me tell you about the time that I was paralyzed in a wheelchair. And they're like, I know it's like, like no one I get it. Like the discomfort of anything, like you say, hard is not what people gravitate toward. 
but it's completely necessary. But their headaches different than his because you know it, their their circumstances are completely. I know. Different. You'll I hear know. people. My circumstances, right? But are, you don't get it. <laughs> you don't get you it. You don't it's understand. <laughs> this is the one in a million. And right? I love when people are like, I have a teenager. It's like, so do we. I have a toddler. So do we. We have businesses. We have kids. We have life. We all have yeah, life. I think, I think that ultimately, what ends up happening is like through all the challenges that we've gone through, we've been been fortunate enough to go through so many different circumstances that now we can relate on so many different levels to so many different people that that's become the reason why none of the things that people use as a crutch are the things that we allow them to fall a victim to by their own doing, right? Because, you know... Well, you don't understand, you know, we, we don't have the money to do this. Like, yeah, we fucking we've understand what that's like. We've had no right? money to we've do a lot no of things. We've had no money to do a lot of things. Um, well, you don't understand I have kids. Well, we have kids too. Mm-hmm. You don't understand I work Monday through Friday. I'm like, well, I work. I don't know when yeah. I had a day off last. Yeah. So that ain't it. Like, so you don't understand well, I don't what it's like. don't have family around. We don't have family. No one helps right. our like, kids. So any you don't understand, we do. You don't want me to understand because you want it to be okay that that that's the reason why you can't. But the second that we present a solution, you find another obstacle. There's a problem for every solution, right? So if you keep finding a problem for every solution, then you don't really want a solution. Right. You're just looking for a reason reason why why you won't. It's allowed us to really sympathize and understand, but it's also allowed us the confidence to call people out. Because I think that... If you are coming from a place where you don't have certain experiences, you feel bad calling people out on their shit. But like when you have had experiences that are similar or worse or whatever, right? You can't really judge if something is worse or not because everyone experiences things differently. But with the amount of things that we've chosen to overcome and pivot from, we can easily say, I get it. Like, trust me, I get it. But let's do this and this and that. And they're like, all right, let's do it. But then for that person that does want to find, you know, an obstacle, then I can call you out on your shit because I could, I could do either very easily sympathize or call you out. But I will say it's a lot easier for the person on the other side to hear that you've been through what they're going through and come out on the other side than it is to simply say, I understand. Why don't we try this? Because in their mind, they're like, you don't. Right. You know, yeah, but overall, you guys are lucky. I mean, right? So d- lucky. Genetics. That's <laughs> a, it's not hard work. You're so mm-hmm. lucky. You guys are business owners, lucky. right? Because that that whenever somebody says that, it's because they don't want to. You can document the A through the Z, the process, but it's still, hey, that person's lucky. I mean, I heard so many times. Well, I was lucky because somebody gave me I'm like who gave me money. Right. And I'm like I I grew up in Westchester. <laughs> you know, it's it's not. I didn't grow up in South Beach. Or they're like the, these stories that you know I inherited. Or and I mean, what make what makes us all the same is we we've overcome a lot of shit, mm-hmm. and nothing's ever given to us. And what all the stuff that you went through. You, it never pushed you back in case and, and it was the other way around. It's like, okay, so it's Corona. Fuck that. I'm yeah, right. that. That's minor compared to all the shit. That's shit. We got to close the gym. Well, <laughs> wouldn't be the know, first time. Wouldn't be the first time we've got to like, you know, but at least this time it was under like, well, what else could we do? Right. right? How can we change? If, How can we and evolve? if anything, I'll tell you half of what we were doing at the time was already remote. You know, half. uh, 
So, so our business at that point was already 50-50 remote. Mm-hmm. All this did was make it okay for the 50% that was not doing it remote to say, well, yeah, well, that's the way that we're doing business now because we were already doing that. Right. It was both, I'd say both sides. Right. It was, it made it okay for the people that are like, no, I need to be in person because it became more of a digital world, but it made it okay for us too, because it was a lot of, of growth course. for us to say, okay, we're going to shut down the doors and we're not going to have a physical location. Which took years to build. Years, right? Yeah, like yeah. that was your baby. And, and that's something that you, you had a gym open for like 15 years. It's like to say like, okay, let's close down the doors. Like was really like, fuck, like, is this the right move? Like, is Corona going to be over and, and people are going to want to go to a place? Are we going to be okay doing everything remote? Like there's a lot of growth in in, in taking chances in your entrepreneurial journey, you know, in life in general, but I'm saying for, for us, that was a moment of like, well, we got to make a decision and we got to bet on ourselves and go for it and see what happens. You know? Well, you guys didn't have the scarcity mindset. A lot of times people be like, well, 50% that scarcity thinking, I mean, there's, I, I lost count of how many billions, how many millions are just in this area. Or you said digital. You can have people from all over the world. So you said, hey, fuck it. You know what? That Quit being scarcity. I, I mean, I know the feeling because I was like, you know, my these are my stores. This was my baby. That's, you have to, in business, you can't use emotions. Because when you, you do anything working off your emotions, when it comes to business, business decisions, you do irrational. You do a lot of stupid shit. Mm-hmm. You guys could have gone... You, you guys could have been... Hunker down and said, hey, you know what? We're not changing. This is who we are. This is my baby. You guys would still be in South Florida and you guys wouldn't be thriving. Yeah. We, it wouldn't have and, been and, so many And doors. I honestly think that there's, there's always a room for a situation like that to work. Because even at the time, I said, when we reopen the doors, here are all the things that we're going to do different. Right? Mm-hmm. Um so it did there 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 was an opportunity there to keep the business the way we had it like have a brick and mortar location uh with 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 a ton of a ton of thoughts on we can do this and we can do that and we could pivot right or left but we can still keep this brick and mortar location because it was something that had taken so long to get right and we enjoyed and, it and we enjoyed it right but at the same time it there there was a conversation of are we limiting ourselves by just thinking about this one thing? Nah, we're not going to be able to thrive. And it was like, well, what else could we do? Right? Yeah, like you this know? is an opportunity. This and, is, could be a fresh start in a lot of ways. And if we didn't allow ourselves to, at the very least, contemplate the possibility of what else we could do, then we would still be there um, trying to figure out, how to navigate around all these things that have happened this last year in terms of laws changing constantly on how you can operate your business um, and definitely not be where we're at now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys are amazing and you create raving fans. So raving fans, you can, you build it, they will come. And it's like, okay, retail closes Macy's and all that at night. It's because they train. We're trained. It closes at night. Well, you guys train the people that stay. Hey, we're digital now. Zoom, mm-hmm. whatever. Find us on the internet. Well, lo and behold, that's happened. I mean, if you guys would have stayed in Hialeah 
I mean, I, even though Hialeah is not that far mile wise, South Florida is like LA almost. Right. <laughs> like 10 miles can equal to two right. hours. Mm-hmm. Right. And all that. So, I mean, you gained me, but, but the number one reason why you guys gained me as a, as a client and all that was because of the perseverance, because of the hard work, and because you guys are social media, social media presence. Promote, promote, promote. And I, that's what I tell a lot of people that don't own businesses and all that. Because a lot of times people are afraid to, one, pivot, but two, oh my gosh, promote sounds so tacky. Like, mm-hmm. Right. But if you're in business, then then no one's going to find you by accident. You know, you've right. got to, you know, and if you're not your biggest cheerleader, you know, and, and I think that that's one of the things that a lot of business owners uh, lack. And, and it goes back to what we started talking about. If you don't have enough faith in you to to do whatever it is that you do, then no one else is, right? So it does start with you. So if you're not your biggest advocate for whatever you're doing, then why would anybody else believe in what you're doing? So, 100%. So, and, and one of the premises for our business was always that. Like, I wasn't going to sell anybody that I wasn't doing. You know, I wasn't going to tell anybody to do something that we weren't willing to do. Even this weekend, this weekend is built under the premise that we are going to go into, you know, we're going to go in that pit with you. We're going to train with you. We're going to eat with you. We're going to do it all with you because it's something that we believe. It's like we are, we are living that same thing that we are preaching and we believe in it so much that we deliver it forward. If yeah, we didn't, then, you know, just a bunch, a bunch of bullshit. And when that's the case and it doesn't feel tacky or, right. you know, people that, oh, I don't want to sound salesy or that sounds so like, sketchy. It's like, if it sounds like that, it's because it is right. And, and the only way that it is, is if someone is making it up, if you're pretending you have some sort of solution or detox in our case, like in our industry, I guess you would say, you know, if you're promising things that, that you're not living, then yeah, it's going to sound bad and it's going to feel bad, you know, but when you are living what you, and you believe in what you're doing, it's authentic and people can tell. You know, the same way they can tell when it's not authentic. Well, if a person thinks that their product or their their services themselves are priced too high or that mm, they're wishy-washy about it or I'm too salesy, it's because they don't believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. Totally. They don't believe in their product. Ultimately, why... Well, how are you going to solve someone else if you can't even sell yourself? Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I'm with you guys. I, I will post at 3 a.m. There's something. I will write it. And you know, if somebody says I post too much, well, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Unfollow. And, and, I, and I think that, that part of it is, you know, we're not, none of the things that we share on, on social media are with the purpose of selling anybody anything. We're sharing the stuff that we're doing. We want everybody to be a part of, of that journey in one way, shape, or another so that you could see that there are other ways to get the outcome that you're looking for. Yeah. Um, and a lot of what we do is just share what's already going on. Yeah. You know, we're not making anything up for the sake of trying to sell somebody on, on or a Or get a client. Or get a client. It's yeah. like, no, like we're already doing these things. And, and what we want to share is that there is another way to do it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that you can still get the outcome that you're looking for in spite of whatever other stuff is clouding. Well, and the other problem with sharing things that aren't real or authentic is that you end up attracting the kind of people that you don't want. Because when you put stuff out there of exactly what you're doing and who you are and how you're doing it, you're going to attract all the people that 
will gel with that. And you're going to repel all of the ones that won't because nobody is for everybody. No business, no product, no service, no nothing is for everybody across the board, except for Amazon. Cause you know, it's Amazon, but even that there's so many things in that. Right. So when you just show up that way on social media or just in general, and you just show what you're doing and how you're doing it and who you are, you're going to attract naturally the people who who are attracted to that. And you're not going to the people that are not. So if you try to sell and it becomes too strategic, you end up with a lot of people and situations that are not necessarily what you want. And then it backfires because unless you're doing it just for money, you know, because which is obviously not our case. We right, want to have the right experience. Exactly. You guys are immersed. Speaking of immersed, immersion weekend, yes. people were... People were saying, why are you going all the way to Central Florida? They thought it was universal. They thought I was going to Legoland, <laughs> the House of Mouse, and all that. And then, I mean, I've always been obsessed with being a better person every day. Just getting a little, the can-I principle of constant, never-ending improvement and all that. So that's the reason why, I mean, I, you're, you're my... I, I mean, I, I love you guys, but I'm a client and all that. But there's nothing wrong with pitching. So why am I here? Why immersion? I think I think that anytime you're in any journey or any process, uh, if you're tiptoeing around whatever parameters are laid out to be a part of that process, you're never going to get all you can out of it. So one of the things that we believe is that it's really easy to tell somebody to eat a certain way or train a certain way or do certain things. Um, but it's very different to, in, I don't know if indoctrinate is the right word, but it's very different to have them come in and stay with us and taste the food experience and it. sweat with us and live the things that we are explaining uh, in person, in the flesh, right? And experience it by going all in on that process. Mm -hmm. So when we first talked about it, the idea was that we had shared so many things on social media and every time she would post a burger, right? Which we just ate. It's like, Oh, well, what's in that burger? Like, do you put eggs in it or do you put this? And it's like, people really have no idea. It would be so cool if they could come and we could make the burger for them or like, Hey, when you squat, do you do X, Y, or Z? Well, no, but we know like, you know, it'd be cool if we could come and we could make the burger and work out with them. Yeah. Cause like, you know, it'd be cool. Cause we would go out and share that all the time. It's like, do you, like really, you eat that? do you really eat that? Do you actually eat the things you You don't know how many times people say, I'm sure that you're not really eating any of that. There's no way. I'm like, no, I freaking take pictures yeah, of we shit I don't go eat. out and buy the food and dump it. Like, <laughs> so like, how cool would it be to do all these things and then go out with people and have them, them experience, can, yeah. you know, the whole thing. And, and how up, cool to spend that time and ask questions and share ideas. All that, in all the years that I've been coaching, everything was always subject to that time limit. If I'm with a client for an hour, that's what we have, 60 minutes. And if you spend the bulk of that working out, when, when did you talk, right? So there was always a, all right, well, maybe your time's not up, but I have somebody coming in now, right? So there's always a revolving door of things happening. What if we could eliminate the time, the time limit also? Because no one had anywhere to go because they were going to spend the entire day. Now, all of a sudden, we were like, well, wow, like we could spend the day together. We could eat together, train together, ask questions, let it roll, you know, with everybody. Like maybe that question motivated somebody to do something else or that led to another question. And it can be an engaging situation like a retreat. where you could go all in on the process that you have set forth for yourself. 
and really get a taste of what it should be. And it was an idea that we tried to, to... We talked about it for years. Yeah. And I think that one of the parts that we've come to find since doing the first one earlier this year was the being in the room factor. Like there's something so powerful, not just about being with us as coaches, but being with each other, right? Everyone here is on this process, is on this journey, is trying to look better, feel better, perform better, whatever their goals are, but it is fitness related and it is with us. And they get to ask each other, Oh, you do that. Or that, you know, that's what you do for this. And and this is where you go for that. And this, how you eat this, like with each other, they get to also experience that. And a lot of times what we found is that people leave with new goals and new ideas and new friends. And it's like, it gives you a space for you and for your thing. And we talk about this all the time with our contest prep team, because we grow up as kids having something for us, like our sons in karate. And I grew up dancing and Your daughters play soccer. Like- right. Like as a kid, you, you have a sport or a, an instrument, right? Aside from your group of friends, we always have some sort of extracurricular activity that we are in, that we enjoy. And then we grow up and we get jobs and kids and, and we don't, we don't have our thing. And a lot of times this is someone's thing. We say that for, our, for people that are getting on stage, but even for the people not getting on stage, if you're in this process and this journey with us to better yourself, to change your health or the way that you look, even if you don't have the stage or photo shoot or anything like that attached to it, this is your thing. So to be able to go and spend a weekend doing your thing is super cool. And to meet other people that are doing it too. So it full circle for us, it hits so many points you know, of, of what we think would give so much value to someone on this journey. And we talked about doing it forever and just, we were finally going to do it. And then COVID hit. Yeah. We announced, we were ready to announce the dates when COVID happened for our first one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a year and a half went by, but it was always like, to me, if I, if I wanted to go learn something, I know that, that, I got to go all in on it, right? So whether it be a mastermind or whether it be, you know, a UPW with Tony where you spend four days like in a room with thousands of people jumping up and down, but you are all in on those four days. You've flown to so many places for nutrition seminars. Like like even even in fitness, like if I want to learn from a coach and he's in, in San Diego, I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to San Diego to learn this thing in person so that I could touch them. Um and I said, I think that that would be so useful. It's just not the norm for mm-hmm. most people. Yeah. But I don't care because we're not trying to do the norm. We're trying to, you know, do more than that. So the idea of having a weekend like that and, and allowing the people that are already a part of our fitness family to, to come integrate themselves was what we really wanted. Okay. You got me. Yes. And, you know, we also thought it would be cool. At first, we were like, we're in Miami. A lot of our clients are in Miami. And then when we moved, it was like, now what do we do? But he's like, I fly everywhere, you know, to go better myself, to go learn. So, yeah. I mean, you are... You, yeah. I mean, so. people, whenever they see me out of town, most of the time, it's, it's for a seminar, whether it's health. And it fills your cup. Yeah. Right? And then you're with like-minded people. Exactly. You're in the room, but it fills your cup. Every time you would go to California or Arizona or anywhere that you would go for a, a seminar or a something a mastermind you would always come back so recharged like you got to do something for you for something that you And the doing. other the other thing for us was that we also understand social norm and social condition so the same way you might have aspirations to be fit or start a business or do x y or z thing 
your social circle may not be supporting all of those things. Or understanding. Or understanding. So a lot of times that negative voice has whatever amount of influence it may have. I think that it's great to be in a room of people that understand that you're going to weigh your food or that you're going to eat on time or that you have this goal that requires you to work out and not criticize it. If anything, embrace it yeah. and say, shit, like that's awesome. You know? Yeah. And for us, it builds a different kind of bond with our clients because like there's a different level of trust and bond really is the word once we get to spend that much time in depth with them because everyone thrives you know on the program remotely like there are plenty of people we haven't met and we service them in any way that that they need because it's very individualized but there's no problem that we don't see them in person or whatever like it's totally normal but to be able to spend a weekend not just to see them and see what they look like and say hi in person like but to actually like immerse with them changes that coaching client dynamic and relationship you know it strengthens it in my opinion everyone leaves with a different bond with us because they got to like spend that time so how do people find you uh (laughs) everywhere well well, we're everywhere but um our show lies in the coach is is where we interact together Mm -hmm. um but you could find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. What's your Instagram? Mr. Bootcamp. Mr. I'm Mr. Bootcamp everywhere. Mr. Underscore Bootcamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on uh, TikTok. Yes. Uh, and all the things that we do, we do together, but we still try to maintain, you know, she personifies all the things that she's accomplished in, in the competition world. Yeah. Um, and I'm always coming from the coaching perspective. Yes. Um, but, but ultimately we still do everything together. Yeah. And you know what? I love you guys. I oh, only pitch people that I, that I believe that I follow, that I use. And I mean, I don't mind pitching you guys. So awesome. I, thank I, you. We appreciate it. Pitch, pitch. <laughs> I look to many, many more years of being a happy client. Yes. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank, thank you for having you. us. I love you guys. Yes. We love you. We'll see you at the next immersion. Mm-hmm. I never told no one that My whole life I've been holding back Every time I load my gun up So I can shoot for the stars I hear a voice like Who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind When I start thinking bold Like why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? I knew I needed help I had no self-confidence Didn't believe in myself I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition To start a business But before I even started I feel like it's finished You got a vision And let me say I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life You gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind Is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What if it be what if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.